The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletico Physical Therapy and CDW. And rolling through another week of Bears conversation on All Access here with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak, brought to you by IGS Energy. As we approach Jim Miller's arrival as well in our next segment, he'll join us as our guest for a few segments. we got a full show again tonight. Cairo Santos, the freshly re-signed Bears kicker, will join us at the bottom of the hour. And we'll touch base with him and talk about a lot of different things about the Bears moving forward. Good to have you alongside Sean Anderson, our producer tonight in our SCORE studios. Good evening, Tommy. How you doing? I'm doing good, Jeff. You know, it seems like each week we get a chance to talk like this and the season picks up a little momentum. And whether we're talking about the rebound from a COVID-filled year last year and maybe there will be some fans in the stands, but now they're starting to talk about the draft um, and the pro days that are going on at, at such a rapid rate. And free agency is still a topic. So there's a lot to talk about in the NFL, a lot to talk about with the Chicago Bears. They've brought on some new personnel that it's going to be interesting to put those guys in place and see how they fit in this team. And there's young guys that are still developing that it's going to be interesting to see how they you know, come into their second and third years in their career. Right, just in the last uh, week or so, some, some names that we'll touch on and, and discuss. But uh, today we heard from new cornerback Desmond Trufant was with the Lions last year had a hamstring problem so he was out after six games but a veteran a guy's on the other side of 30 uh earlier today had a zoom call with the media and uh we were or not me but uh they the media (laughs) asked uh what the recruiting pitch was by the Bears for this veteran player who took other visits as well including to the Washington football club I mean obviously they, they love my game but they said it ain't so many guys walking around like Khalil Mack, so I know you want to play with him. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, they was right. I mean, you don't get too many opportunities to play with a, a guy like him. You know, he's a, you know, Hall of Fame type player, you know, so nothing but respect for what he's been able to do. I know he's going to continue to do what he does, and that makes my life easier, you know, as a corner, you know, when you got guys up front that's getting pressure like that, so. Like I said, I'm I'm really excited for this opportunity, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take advantage of it for sure. Hey, when you got an asset like uh, Khalil Mack, yeah, you you throw that on the table because it's all about marrying uh, pressure and coverage, and you get a prime time player like that. You know, cornerbacks around the league uh, certainly will get their attention. So, what this means, he's a, he's a, you know, loved him coming out of college. He's had a nice career. He's had some good. Uh, Handles on the ball as a ball, a ball corner, uh, but he's also had some injuries. He's, he's in his 30-plus age and uh, a great experience with a young guy on the other side in Jalen Johnson. I'm sure they will do more to try and reinforce that position. You can never have enough depth at the corner position, as we know, but Kyle Fuller was a very durable piece to the puzzle uh, after a, a slower start to his career, but really settled in nicely. Uh, but Tufant uh, is a big corner. He's, he's North of six feet, that's what I like, and he, he wants to be physical, and that's also what I like. You know, he's six feet, he's 190, he can run man-to-man coverage with you with any receiver down the field. He has a good ability to work with defensive backs and multiple offensive receiver formations. He knows how to play zone coverage. Nowadays, 
these defensive backs, they got to be ready to be considered the point of attack at times when they throw those screens at him, and he's got this, the size and the strength to withstand the types of blocks he's going to have to fight through. And he's been around the league for a long time. I think the first thing when a cornerback compliments the outside rusher they're going to be working with, it, you know, it's, it's pretty high praise for Khalil Mack, but the, it's also the defensive back understanding that, the effect of Khalil Mack is going to be able to work some of these receivers into his skill set, and you got to look for you know health, and you got to look for interceptions. And I think the Bears Sports Science Department will get into that hamstring immediately. They'll know how to feed him. They'll know how to hydrate him. And out of the weight room, they'll know how to work that part of his body. So if, if he stays healthy, I expect him to pick up in this defense exactly where he's left off in some of, some of his brighter moments. And it was a discussion point today on what hampered him last season. Yeah, I mean, pretty much, you know, I just was dealing with the hammy. You know, it's a, um, it was just a lingering injury for me. I think I came back a little too early the first time I uh, tweaked it and it kind of just lingered on, played on a run of like four or five games, played pretty solid. And then, you know, and then it went out on me again. So it just was one of those years, bro. Uh, it's hard to explain, but, you know, I'm doing different things uh, with my recovery and, um, you know, just training those areas, my hips, my hamstrings, just the whole pelvis area, you know, to have more strength and durability. But, you know, I'm healthy now. I'm working, grinding. So you know, I'm 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 looking forward and ready to make an impact. You know what I like about this too. He says he's hungry, and that that's what I you know you got to now back it up when you show up at training camp and the way you play in each and every week. But you know, from Atlanta now to Detroit now Bear, I like to hear that hunger still be there for a guy who's you know just hit 30 years of age. Oh, me too. You know, one thing you understand, you have to have balanced body and strength if you're going to stay away from those types of injuries, especially when you do get on the other side of 30. And I think sometimes nowadays in the NFL and the offseason, you have these guys that work with these talented body personnel that they understand how to get an area of uh, in in um, in tune to go through the rigors of an NFL season, but how to get your strength and balance, and I think that's it's better that you know it well in advance, so you can put yourself in a position when training stamps training camp starts. You are a competitive cornerback in this team. He's going to lead by example, he says, and that's exactly what your your role is as a veteran player uh, and a guy you're replacing in Kyle Fuller, who definitely led by example less about his his voice and his. Uh, style, which was one to, to be uh, one in his iPad constantly, and that's how he led. And uh, many people that have uh, played with him say the same thing about Kyle Fuller. Wish him well in Denver. All right, when we come back, Jim Miller will join the program. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Everybody, welcome back to Bears All Access. We're brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice Adds up to a better world. It's a better show when Jim Miller drops in. Our weekly guest here on Bears All Access. Good to have him along from Sirius XM NFL Radio's Moving the Chains with Pat Kerwin. What was on your docket today, Big Jim? What was the big topic? A lot of one-year deals being signed right now. <laughs> that's that's what's going on. So but you know me. what? There's no surprise about that. You know, I'm, I'm really, yeah. you know, it's interesting because obviously this is a whole, this is a domino of the salary cap, but it's not just this year. Maybe a little more acute here because a lot of deals now, it's it's going to be a one-year deal. They're, they're, that's the way it's going to be, and I feel bad for veteran players. I do, but 
we knew it was coming. The agents yeah. shouldn't be surprised, yet I'm, I'm reading and hearing a lot of discord from them. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, everybody knew what the score was here. Yeah, I mean, and it's, you know, because, you know, they're going to sign a one-year deal. And I think for a player, you do. You want to secure yourself, at least uh, uh, secure yourself an employer. And hopefully you can get, you know, as much you can get guaranteed deal if, if that's the case. So it guarantees you a, a roster spot. And some players are able to uh, to do that. But you're just trying to get to free agency next year. I mean, that, that's really what it is. And you hope that the market forces maybe change a little bit uh, a year from now. The landscape is different with the salary cap going down. And you're right. I don't think it's a, it's a surprise at all. I mean, look at some of the guys that are still out there right now. Look at the running back position. You got Le'Veon Bell. You got a ton of guys that are still out there looking for work. And you're probably going to see some more players uh, released here in the next couple of weeks. You know what? You know it, it seems like it's interesting because when you look at some of these one-year deals, the guys like somebody has sent a benchmark, whatever position we're talking about. And I know there's a fluctuation between Mitch getting two and a half million and some of these guys getting ten million per year. There's a little difference of, of an opening there. But when you talk about the receivers and you talk about the running backs, these guys have to be willing to accept a certain amount because they're not going to break the bank, but get, but some higher-profile players in front of them have already taken deals that they're not going to get more than. Yeah. I, I don't know about you guys because I know the Bears were in the mix for Kenny Galladay. I was shocked at what he got from the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. Absolutely shocked that that deal where he got $18 million. This guy coming off an injury. Now, I do think he's a, a really good receiver, and I think the Bears were in the mix for, for a one-year deal, but for him to get a, the multi-year and what the Giants – well, just – and it tells you that they had targeted a, a certain guy because Daniel Jones need, needs help. I mean, I think they're more desperate for, for that situation, probably why they were willing to pay more, but I, I think at some point they were kind of bidding against themselves because I don't think Baltimore or Chicago were going to go any higher with what their offers were, and what I thought were fair offers. You know, one year, 10 to ten to $11 million from a guy coming off injury, I, I think that's a pretty good offer for a guy who who has to show that he's healthy and can prove himself, and, and that's what I thought was going to be for him, a kind of a prove-it deal, but the Giants ultimately ended up uh, paying him, and I, I thought overpaid a little bit for his services. Hey, Jim and Jeff, I have, I have a question for both you guys. Do you think that he could have possibly gotten more money if they would have had a hands uh, hands on approach to the evaluation of his injury, because mm-hmm. I I don't know how investigative and how in depth of that investigation that they can get with these players through the the COVID situation and free agency as it is today. Yeah. Well, they did. I mean, they, he did take visits. He visited the Bears. He visited the New York Giants. I don't know if he went anywhere else, Jim. But, yeah, they did have a chance to take a look at him. I, I don't know. Do they, are they giving him physicals at well, that point? Well, that's what I'm point? saying. Yeah, are, are, they put, are they putting yeah. in MRI tubes yeah. and, and x-rays and everything that they used to do years ago? If, if you're in the building, they can give you a physical. because and I, I can give you an example because Kyle Rudolph, who was also signed by the Giants, he did not pass their physical. Right. They found an injury to his foot that's going to need surgery. So if they're in the building, you are able to give them a physical. And even prior to them signing, say if a guy's not visiting your and you strike a deal, that deal, even though the, the player signed it, it is not official until the, the team gets the, the full physical on the player and then it's basically com- you know completes it the completes the contract from that standpoint. Here's the weird part of this whole thing because obviously – with a second wave of free agency and the visits, you can do that. The first wave, you're just, you're not. You're hoping, 
you're getting good merchandise and that they are able to pass your physical before they make that uh, contract official. Uh, but it is really a, a, an interesting thing when you come down to it in free agency because you're, you're circling some guys and you're hoping your agents are telling the truth, right? Yeah, but I think first and foremost, I mean, every player, even in the first wave, they will get a physical by, by the team that signs them. I mean, that this goes back to even remember Roger Saffold of the L.A. Rams. Yeah. He signs the big deal with the Raiders. And I think, uh, uh, you know, Mr. Davis, well, it wasn't Al Davis at that point. It was, it was his son uh, who took over the team at that point. They were getting killed because they gave a guard tackle money. And I think Davis started to have buyer's remorse, and so they didn't pass Roger on his physical, and his rights went back to uh, uh, at that point the the uh, what were they the, the the Rams back in St. Louis, and they ended up giving him a, a long term deal. He didn't get near as much what he got for the Raiders, but he got close. Uh, but stuff like that happens all the time. It happened last year or two years ago with Michael Brockers. Uh, Baltimore signs him to a big deal. They find an injury. He didn't pass his physical, thus his rights go back to the L.A. Rams. He ended up signing a big deal with the Rams, and thus he was just, because they have no salary cap room, they just traded him to the Detroit Lions. So the Bears will be facing Michael Brockers on the defensive line uh, of the Detroit Lions this year. So it, it definitely happens. All players will get a physical to make sure that deal is good. You want to make right. sure your, your, your goods that you purchased are, are wholesome. How do you guys feel about the addition of Damian Williams? Because when he was let go by Kansas City, and, and not just because he was familiar with the Chiefs system and whatever the Bears are planning on doing, and Matt Nagy did not coach him in Kansas City. He was uh, there in 18 with the Chiefs. I thought that was an ideal guy to go after because he did opt out uh, because of COVID concerns. So the tread on the tires, he's going to be a fresh guy who can do multiple things, very productive in both in the in the ground game, but also as a, as a guy out of the backfield catching the football, we'll start with Tommy. You know, I, I like it just because he is a running back. That's exactly what he does. His skill set is very similar to David Montgomery. He's not an investigative Swiss Army knife like Cordero Patterson where you don't put him at receiver as much as wet. we have liked him. And then when you put him at running back, he, he's specific about what he, what his – role is at that position. So I think that you have two very similar players in Williams and Montgomery that can be interchangeable. I don't think that you're going to fall into a pattern with one of these guys or the other. David Montgomery is still going to be the workhorse. However, I think that makes the position more powerful when you have two guys that you're not giving indicators to your defensive coordinator when the player comes in the game. Yeah, when he elected to opt out last year for the Kansas City Chiefs, we uh, Pat Kerwin, my partner on SiriusXM, we interviewed Damian the the next uh, the next day, and I, I just want Bears fans in all of Chicago to know the type of player that you're getting, what a high character guy is. He he didn't opt out because he didn't want to play football. Okay, he opted out because his mom had stage four cancer. This guy has his priorities in order, and realistically, I know uh, Patrick Mahomes got the MVP of the Super Bowl. Damian Williams was the MVP of that football game. He drove it home, he sealed the deal, and he drove that team through the playoffs. This is a quality player, quality football player, a quality man who definitely has a great head on his shoulders, and his priorities are in line with what he needs to do, and I think he'll come back and be a focused player, and Bears fans are going to like what they get out of this player from Kansas City. 133 total yards in that game and two touchdowns and a big run that uh, will go down in Kansas City lore for sure for winning that Super Bowl. But uh, I love what he does in the passing game as well. He's been very productive and a nice thick back, and he's not he's not small. He's a 220-pound back. Yeah. 
Love the size. Love the grind. Love the grit. Uh, an excellent addition. Um, Tommy, DeAndre Houston Carson keeps coming back. My man, that's now going to be six years. Uh, does an outstanding job on special teams, but really uh, made some key, key plays as a dime defender last year in back-to-back games. We complimented his uh, end-of-game play, and, and that's somebody that's going to be quite useful and familiar to Sean Desai, like an extra coach on the field, and a very smart player. You know, but he's come to a pivotal point in his career. The Bears did go and sign DeAndre Houston Carson, but if you're ever really going to be considered to come in here and compete as a starter, then this has got to be the year. He's got plenty of experience in the NFL around multiple defenses, around the coaching staff, and they've seen what his traits and his qualities are. So I think uh, he's got, he should put a lot of pressure on himself, just like other players that do that want to come in and be considered uh, to be competing as a starter. He is a starter on special teams, on, all, on every special teams the Bears have, and he's super competitive. And then when he does have an opportunity to play regular snaps, he's always mentally and physically prepared. But, you know, just like every other guy in the NFL, when you sign him to your team, you want these guys to have the attitude to come in here as a competitive starter not being content with having a, uh, a role on special teams and being a backup. Yeah, and, you know, right now, Tashawn Gibson is still out there, right? So you got oh, yeah. you need some safety help to protect yourself. And now with the re-signing to Deion Bush and, and now DeAndre Houston Carson and what he does on the special teams aspect of it, I don't think the Bears are done there. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see what works. Because that, that's, you know, because I think as the draft approaches, you're starting to see that some some – positions that need to be dressed and I would think that secondary w- would be one of them so we'll see what work they do prior to the to the draft but we'll see what happens during the draft as well because I think uh, corner safety definitely is maybe in the mix for from this uh, where it stands at this point right now yeah outside of things like uh, the quarterback position uh, the fullback position in the league I'm talking now uh, kicker punter the list of unrestricted free agents on the street right now is still a significant number. There's a lot of guys out there that can fill some some holes on your roster still if you're having the room and you can uh, really get some good deals out there on some still some really good football players, uh, many of which still intend on playing here in the National Football League. We're at the, oh, you want to say one more thing, well, Big Tom? I, see, I would be interested. So if last year's um, taxi squad was going into the future. You know, so you're really you sounding had- old right now when you call it the taxi squad. <laughs> well, I, I right, okay. Practice squad. Um, practice when you have squad. the pra- when you have the practice squad like last year, where you had veterans on the practice squad yeah. that they could become valuable immediately. Would some of these guys fill those holes if they went back to that plan of of the practice squad? Yeah, everything on that table. I don't know what the eligibility will be, and if the COVID uh, protocols will extend that opportunity even further for the Bears. We'll get into all that coming up next. Bottom of the hour, Cairo Santos joins the program as well. With Jim Miller and Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak, and this is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. On Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. The Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lauren Screeden cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago or watch anytime at chicagobears.com or on the Bears official app. With our guest, Jim Miller, my broadcast partner from WBBM, Tom Thayer. As, uh, hey, Jim, good news. Oh, no, not good not good news for you if you had, if you had the aspirations. My bad. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. Uh, you're out of luck on the big CBS gig Jim Nance has re-signed, so no, no Super Bowl on TV for you. 
<laughs> Why am I not surprised? <laughs> you know, all the rumors were hey, he won't come back. Not going to yeah. be able to make that kind of money of uh, Tony Romo, your quarterback buddy. Yeah, yeah. Good, good luck to Jim Nance. I think uh, the deal that Romo uh, had signed, uh, you know, and good for for Tony. He's done it, and obviously Jim Nance uh, didn't like that aspect of it. But ooh, I'm I'm surprised uh, at the money being thrown around. I think there's a market correction going on there too as well. <laughs> well, I I thought it was going to be Big Ten NCAA basketball tournament. <laughs> well, I we can go there too. You know, I, Jim, I, I, you have I thought for on sure that? you were buttering them up. Yeah, that 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 was tough. That was tough. Your bracket's probably blown out of the water. You got Loyola in the Sweet Sixteen. I I don't. I I was out early. I was knocked out early. You guys know my Spartans were knocked out. Right. And then Ohio right. State and how the you know Oral Roberts and all these upsets and my my bracket got blown up pretty quickly. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Right. I mean, it's it's been a heck of a tournament. Always fun. And uh, I think this year there were so many unknowns and how everyone got to where they were that uh, you never knew what was going to happen. All right, back here on the Bears uh, All Access Show, Cairo Santos coming up in moments. Uh, touch on the offensive line. Uh, they went out and and brought in Elijah Wilkinson, Tom. Uh, what do you know about him from Denver? He's got uh, plenty of starts in his career and uh, nearly 50 games overall, not all starts, but uh, with the Denver Broncos both at the inside and uh, outside positions. You know, he's an interesting guy because he's, he just recently had a newborn, so he's taken that as internal pressure on himself to be more dedicated and successful as a football player. And sometimes, you know, young fathers can go a couple different directions, and I think he, he's amplifying how much it, important it is for him to be a, a good provider and his way to being a great provider is being a great football player. And I like to see that dedication in him in an interview. But here's a guy that he's really got the skill sets to play on the inside. You know, at right or left guard, probably more balanced to play at the the right guard position. He does have some experience at the tackle position, and you never know how an offensive line coach wouldn't want Castillo as he, as he gets to see him on his feet a little bit. Then he's got a better understanding of where his skill set will fit in. He's almost 6'6", 320 pounds. He's a big guy. Um, you know, you see the highlights of him on YouTube where he's in the weight room and he knows his way around the weight room. And that's another element that you want to see. I always say you don't want to have to introduce a free agent to the weight room. That's not the guy I'm looking for. So I like his attitude. I like his work ethic. I like the fact that he's versatile. But he's coming to an offensive line that has a, a lot of talent on the inside and it has versatility. So it's going to be interesting to see where Juan Castillo feels his role is going to be. Yeah, At this, I, go ahead, sorry. Jim. Well, I, I just think for him, yeah, I just think he's played both guard and tackle, and I, I would think he would, would be signed to be a swing tackle uh, for the Bears. That's where I see for all the things that Tom just said uh, on the inside. And here's what I'll say, too. Obviously, was coached well out there. you got to believe Mike Munchak. Look at how that offensive line has improved for, for Denver, and pr- Tom can probably speak more about Mike Munchak, the Hall of Famer, and how good a job he's coached. Because look at uh, their left tackle, Garrett Bowles. I mean, many considered him a bust. He probably had his best season as a tackle in the NFL. Actually, many thought uh, for him he, he could have been easily been on the on the All Pro ballot. That's how well Garrett Bowles played at the left tackle. So I do think Mike Munchak, his coaching definitely uh, uh, definitely 
reflects on the players and how they respond. And here I think Elijah really was soaking that all up over the past couple of years, and I think it'll be good now. But I see him in more in the swing, swing tackle role is how I'd see Wilkinson. All right, a lot of reinvestment on the Bears here in 2021, and one of those guys that they have reinvested in is joining us now is veteran kicker Cairo Santos joining uh, Bears All Access here, brought to you by IGS Energy. Cairo, good evening. You're with Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, and Jeff Joniak. Good to, good to have you along, and congratulations once again. And, and for you, uh, you know, this is a perfect example of opportunity, you know, taking advantage of whatever opportunity. This could go for any walk of life, let alone NFL football, but you've had uh, quite the journey uh, coming back from injury to to secure the opportunity to try and prove yourself all over again, knowing full well that you could do it, but you still got to convince people, and then you did it in a grand way. Uh, how, how does it feel, actually, to anchor down now here with the Chicago Bears? Good evening, everyone. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Jeff, and uh, all you guys, so thanks for having me. Um, yeah, and, and you mentioned exactly what was in my mind uh um, a year ago when I you know, was released from the Titans uh, mid-season in 2019 and, um, you know, just kind of waiting for a call that never happened in 2019. And then the pandemic hit uh, when NFL wasn't allowing workouts. So you're just kind of waiting for that opportunity. And, uh, and you just have to have faith that when it comes, uh, it's going to come. And when it comes, you have to be ready. So uh, that opportunity first, it came um, at a kicking camp that John Carney, uh, kicking legend um, put up in, in San Diego and a lot of free agents went out there and then uh, the Bears were one of the, the teams that were scouting the camp and I did really well and then a couple of days later I got a call that they were signing me they needed a you know a COVID guy and and the NFL had a lot of workouts and then that was the opportunity that I was looking for right there and uh, for me it was a very familiar face um, organization obviously from being back there in 2017 with um, with Ryan Pace, uh, you know, still still there as a GM, and Maggie uh, as a head coach, new coach Tabes and uh, O'Donnell and Scale. So it was a very familiar spot to to step in, which allowed the process of entering um, as late as I did in the process. And you know, a couple of weeks later, you're, you're told that you'd be the guy, you know, for a couple of weeks, um, given them Eddie's injury. And every game was an opportunity for me to show the league again that I was, I was, you know, that was just a hiccup. What happened in Tennessee, and then and it didn't define my career, how I was as a kicker. And I, I took each game to prove that. Um, and Chicago just more and more starting to become a very special place in my life. You know, given that career, the year I had there and the records I was able to break, and uh, my son being born in, in Chicago in November, so. Everything I was rooting for for it to fall into place and and be back there as a as a Chicago Bear for a couple more years. Yes, congratulations on fatherhood for you as well, uh, Cairo. You know it's interesting because when injuries hit a player, uh, some guys don't bounce back from that because there may be opportunities, but they don't see the opportunity, or maybe they just feel you know if there's some swings and misses. Um, and yours is a unique position, obviously, with the kicking position. Uh, you guys are never truly uh, locked in, apparently, because you always have to be ready for the next move. Um, but did you ever at any point, honestly, did you ever think you were going to be the kicker you were in Kansas City? And were there any down moments when you're like, oh, man, I don't know if this is going to work out? 
Um, you know, it was more physical, I thought, than than mental or technique. Like for a lot of um, you know years after my I, I tore my groin there in Kansas City and Chicago, um, I saw you know the still the, the good kicker, accurate, but good ball striker in me. But it's just the body was just sort of you know kept tearing apart with the with the scar tissue that I had with the um, you know just losing a lot of power because of the surgery and and it was just a grind to get you know myself physically to the point where I was at before and I, and I had to sort of overcome um, you know that that thought of like am I ever is my body not going to be the same I'm just not going to be able to work with the same machine that I was able to work and can that allow me to be as good as I was um, and I had to try to you know I try to change steps try to uh, do things that would take less pre- pressure from the groin um, as I was t- continuing you know fight for jobs out there with the teams that I was um, been able to get the opportunities to to, to sign and play for um, yeah I had a lot of doubts if I was ever ever physically going to be able to get there because I knew if I did I could get back to you know being an even stronger mentally kicker uh, and physically uh, because of all the lessons I learned through uh, through having those uh, down years uh, where I you know, I learned how to take better care of my body, how to get stronger and, you know, kick more quality uh, practice sessions instead of quantity. Um, do a lot of mental work to, to you know, prepare just for a little moments at a time instead of, you know, just having, be relying on a long warm-up to get myself ready. You know, just kind of uh, every every moment when I'm out there now, it's, it's like, you know, every kick, it's like I take it as a, as a game kick. So I'm always wired into to perform in the least amount of kicks, if you will. Hey, Cairo, um, you know, since Jeff and I and Jim have had an opportunity to meet you, we have never interviewed you after a negative moment from NFC Special Teams Player of the Week to big kicks that you made, now getting uh, earning a new contract like this. So when you go back into Soldier Field and it's a regular season game, and now you're absorbing the excitement of the crowd because the crowd's waiting to see a kicker like you now for a couple of years. How are you going to keep from being too excited and over-kicking it or just, you know, you're not? it's a different routine than having a crowdless stadium that you faced this past year? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I'll just rely on the routine that I put on Put, put in at work at, at practice every day you know just from the moment really I run onto the field I'm replicating something that I practice over 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 during the week it's just like you know how I I go in and kind of you know pick the spot with with O'Donnell and we talk about the win briefly how I want the ball lean and so all that is just part of a routine that kind of isolates my my thoughts you know towards the, the crowd the noise um the pressure and just like it's something that I'm doing that I do every day at practice so I'm when I'm out there it's just a part of a, a practice routine so it just doesn't feel different so I think it's important to keep focus on that because I can't control that uh the crowd you know I've, I've done it enough to to you know to know how to perform in those moments um it was very weird you know this year not having um that crowd noise but we also had a lot of uh, you know, trash talk from the players that we didn't normally hear that close from the sidelines that we didn't normally hear. 
so that, all that was different too. And then he kind of tested you in a, in a different way that you weren't tested before. So, uh, and that put a lot of more emphasis into and just, you know, you got to stick to your routine to, you know, the, the thoughts that you can control. Um, I'm looking forward to the fans because, you know, I didn't get to be a part of the, you know, the, the Chicago bear fan base. when I was here back in, in 17, just played for two games. Um, and I'm looking forward to the atmosphere. So I think it's going to be something that it's going to be more exciting than, than daunting. Uh, and, as, and I know that I have it in me to perform um, at the same level. And I just got to take care of that and keep them happy. Well, you know, Cairo, G- Jim Miller here. Well, welcome back. I'm sorry, uh, Tom, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I just want to go back. Cause here, like you said, you're coming off injury. It's an opportunity for the bears. Did you realize the the situation what was going on because I think you're going to get a thunderous applause from Bears fans and here's why because 2018 we all know the double doink right and Cody Parkey unfortunately mm-hmm. had a had a rough year that year Bears trade for Eddie Pinero he comes in he has a he's got the nerve issue and then last year he's got the groin issue which gives you what your opportunity uh, to kick. And, you know, mm-hmm. here you, you you plow through and you have a, a terrific year and, and you re-sign for the Chicago Bears. What I'm asking is, did you, did you realize, because Bears fans were at their wits' end, bro, is, is my point to you in terms of the field goal. Mm-hmm. And here you had such a great year last year. I think you'll get a, a thunderous applause. Did you, did you realize what the situation was when you stepped in as a kicker for the Bears? Um, I, so I did because, you know, something that, it happened to me, um, you know, in the opposite side, uh, back in yeah. with the Chiefs. You know, uh, when I got hurt, they brought in Harrison Butker. Um, you know, it was, it was they're gonna they're hoping just to get him because they got him off a of practice squad at least three games and, and kind of judge from there. Um, and and I was released, so I was like, man, like you know, it, it kind of stinks just to lose your job because of your of an injury. So I felt for Eddie there, but also felt that, like it was for Harrison back then, um, an opportunity for just to kind of prove one game at a time. And then if it's not with the Bears, it could be with another team. But whatever, how many games I'm, I'm given, um, I'm going to take that opportunity. So it's kind of like I could see what could be the end. You know, maybe uh, I could make myself, could make Chicago a home for me. But ultimately, it was just I just needed to focus one game at a time because it was just like at that point it was just building one week resumes that would um, you know help me get back in, on track and, and and to keep playing the NFL. Um, and so I wasn't you know, rooting to take anybody's job per se, but it was like you know I just wanted to kind of take care of my opportunities to um, to land somewhere. And it turned out that I really enjoyed. Kicking for for the Bears, kicking in Chicago with the with that group of of men and women in the organization. So uh, that that was the the main thing about coming back was again to work with those people. Well, just about your position in general, mm-hmm. and Jeff and Tom and I have had this conversation. Are you surprised more kickers aren't in the Hall of Fame? And here's the reason why: Who decides more games? Who decides the outcomes mm-hmm. more than kickers in NFL games? Your your thoughts. Absolutely, I think, uh, and, and too with the you know opportunities that you know we see many great quarterbacks, receivers, you know, and that have beautiful careers, um, and you know, they can drop a pass here and there, can complete a pass interception here and there, but they give them so many opportunities that it can kind of wipe out uh, those you no know, bad 
you know, games or, or years of their long careers. But kickers, you're, you're giving them, you get that one shot to, to do your job. And, and it's terrible when you don't, and you may not get another kick that, that week. And you have to wait a whole week thinking about that miss. And, and, and that can go on if you just don't catch a streak. And, then, and that's something that I, I talked to my, my kicker buddies that I, I you know, in the league that I, we kind of have a, um, a group. We've had a, this group going, the chat going for, for years. And, and we, we talk about each other and, and, and we always thought that like, man, I just, and speaking for myself, I just need a streak to get me going again. Sometimes you just like, you know, you have two good games, one bad game, two good games. And that's just kind of like, you just need to catch fire to just keep, keep burning, you know? And I, that's, that's what I, was sort of searching for, um, you know, since my injury, just to get an opportunity that I felt, you know, comfortable to catch a streak. And then I think that would just kind of sort of propel my, my career on track again. Um, but I think, yeah, kickers should get more credit um, just to how important our, you know, our jobs are and, and, the, and the, the stress and the pressure that, you know, the task is, is, is given. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we don't need to learn a hundred plays, you know, a, a game and, and that sort of deal. And so I'm sure, you know, it, it, that takes a, a lot of pressure in itself, too, to you know, be able to remember all that, the quarterback. So they get all the praise and then they deserve it because, you know, there's a lot that they need to carry to, uh, you know, to, to get the, the, the team to uh, to perform at the full capacity. So, um yeah, I think there's a lot of perspective that you can look at, you know, as far as kickers being the Hall of Fame. But uh, I think you got to respect, you know, what, what we need to do to uh, to perform as, you know, when we're performing well. Hey, Cairo. So as an ex-offensive lineman, every offseason you try to get bigger and stronger, and it kind of adds confidence to the game that you want to go out and play. As a kicker, what are your benchmarks for you know that you're getting better or you know that your body's ready to go to work for a full season? Are there different plateaus that you want to reach? Um, I don't. I, I'm not talking about like an offensive lineman trying to bench 500, but it's what are the what are the marks that a kicker looks at to know he's ready? Hey, don't sell Cairo short on the bench. Oh, I'm not. I know he could. <laughs> I know he could. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm on the the dumbbell benching routine now. Uh, <laughs> well, coaches are kind of. I was going too hard on the bench press, so they they kind of. Uh, dial me down to the dumbbells, but um, no, I think for me it is uh, I've been able to learn uh, to take care of my body more. To you know, wait till I start kicking more in the mid-April um, to late, or yeah, mid to late April, um, just because you know, use this time to to get stronger, to I think add mass. Uh, I think that helps with kicking, and and I can really feel it when I start kicking the ball. Um, where I want to be, you know, if I, as far as how I feel like my leg is starting to fatigue at how many balls uh, in that session. And if it's getting fatigued too too fast, I probably need to do more cardio and, and you know, kind of leg speed things. Uh, if I want to you know, feel like my kickoffs are not reaching uh, where I want them to reach, probably need to bump up the squats a little more. And that, that can be done, you know, when I start kicking. And because um, we have probably another month or two before I think the focus should just be to maintain the body and just kick. Uh, so I think right now, just trust that, you know, that you have to account, put account, uh, be accountable 
that you go in the weight room and you're getting stronger every day. Um, but the real test, I think, is uh, you know, when you start kicking and you see how far, how far the ball is flying, how how fast your leg is moving, how much your being your endurance uh, is holding up throughout the, those kicking sessions. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, I I don't go too too crazy in the weight room uh, to avoid getting hurt, but I like to push myself every year uh, and every off season to. Um, putting the work now so when I start kicking I, I surprise myself to know how far I'm able to kick and stuff alright Cairo thank you so much great year 30 of 32 94% a franchise record for consecutive made field goals got to 27 and one of the playoff game pick up where you left off man thanks for joining us we'll talk to you down the road thank you guys see you in a couple thanks, months Carl. Yes, sir. Cairo Santos, the veteran kicker, back with Jim Miller and Tom after this break on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in the clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. Jeff Joniak, along with Tom Thayer, Jim Miller from SiriusXM, NFL Radio's Moving the Chains back with you. A couple segments before we let you go, Jim. A couple thoughts. Um, so the NFL not requiring at the moment a COVID-19 vaccine, uh, but it sounds like, much like the NBA, try to incentivize everybody to do it. Uh, how do you think that's all going to play out from a player perspective, and uh, what's your thought on it? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, like anything, I think uh, most players will come down to their own personal decisions that they'll be allowed to make. I mean, some won't take it for, you know, their specific reasons. You know, if they don't feel that they're, at risk because um, again there a lot of these players are, are young they're healthy all those type of things and um, some people are just flat out against getting vaccinated and I think everybody re- respects that uh, from that standpoint but uh, you know they'll try to do things to promote and I see they're doing it for the draft as well teams that uh, will be able to have 10 people in their draft room if they're all vaccinated and there'll be different protocols if teams have the vaccination than guys that are allowed in that draft room and what they'll be allowed to do versus teams that won't, that don't have that. And they'll have to go by a different set of protocol guidelines, like eating, drinking, those, those type of things in the, in the social distancing aspect of it. But, you know, I, I mean, from my, from my perspective, I think players, it, it will be their personal decision is my take. Tom, what is your best advice for players who opted out and returning this year, because you could look at it like as if they suffered an injury, but they're not rehabbing the injury. They're staying in shape. And But what are you expecting from that group of players, including Eddie Goldman? You know, they've they got to be ready. They have to be ready to go as if they're, you know, day one of the future of their football career. And if they're young guys, no matter how old they are or how much experience they are, they have, they have to make sure when they get in front of the rest of their peers, coaches and players that they show evidence that they've been staying prepared for whatever team they play for. And, you know, however you may do it, um, Every offseason that you go through getting back into the to work shape with the rest of your teammates, there's nothing like it. So it's going to be hard. It's going to be strenuous. But you got to put in effort to show the team that you're you're prepared. Put yourself in their shoes. Say you had to step away for a personal reason and you could not play a season. Just play with me here. I know you wouldn't do that right. because you always put football first, uh, no matter what. You're one of the rare guys that way. That's for sure. That was your mentality. 
would you feel rusty or would you feel fresh to play that next season? Um, you know, I in terms of the weightlifting part of it, the running part of it, the conditioning part of it, I would feel fresh. But as soon as I got in a three-point stance with equipment on, I would feel rusty. I would feel like the speed of the game has changed. I would feel like I've gotten slower and the players have gotten faster. And then things would start to even out a little bit the more reps that you could get underneath your belt. But, you know, you have a guy that, you know, four months ago – you know, he was playing competitive National Football League play, and now and, the, and you've been working out and, and doing less, it would be different. Jim, how about yourself before we let you go? How would um, you be? I think the younger the player are, you could probably respond pretty quickly. Like down at the Reese's Senior Bowl, those players that opted out, it, it only took them a couple days, and they were back in, in the mix. And then look at older players. Alden Smith, remember, he dismissed five years for the Dallas Cowboys with True. all his troubles off the field. He started... Uh, with a, you know, just broke out of the blocks fast. He had five sacks early in the season. He sputtered off down the stretch. So I think mm-hmm. it had affected him in terms of the conditioning of the long haul, the older the player you are. Jim, good to have you along once again. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Good to be with you. That's Bears quarterback Jim Miller and Sirius XM NFL radio host. Check him out on NFL radio with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. One segment to go here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Fresh cut, fresh perspective. Book an appointment with Chicago Bears Small Business All-Pros winner, Principal Barbers. Visit principalbarbers.com. Jeff and Tom wrapping things up before we turn it over to the score. Uh, Desmond Trufant today, Tommy, uh, on what he is bringing to the table as a Bears cornerback. I got a lot of experience in this game. Played against a lot of, you know, great players. Um, had, a, had a lot of success in this league as well, too. So anything that they need as far as, you know, technique, um, you know, just anything off the field, uh, just, you know, the longevity of the game, you know, just anything. I'm here. I'm a, I'm a resource for them. And that means the other cornerbacks on the team. Good to have a veteran influence. Oh, it is, especially with that type of speed. If you have a guy that wants to travel to both sides of the field and cover the bona fide number one receiver of the opponent, especially if he has extreme speed, Trufant can do that responsibility. And then maybe you give Jalen Johnson a variety of opportunities and options depending upon where you want him in the defense. It's going to be interesting to see the structure of the defensive backfield and how new defensive coordinator Sean Desai distributes his personality if they're more movable than they've been in the past couple years. All right, 17-game season, Art Rooney the second of Pittsburgh, basically saying, yep, that's going to be the case uh, with one less preseason game. Does it give a little breathing room to the season for players and coaches? if you know what I'm saying. No, it just amplifies. It just adds up, jacks up the pressure. Now you need to be good for 17 games. Get yourself through training camp healthy, and when you hold down that starting position, try to be there week one as week 17. All right, that's our traveling music, Big Tom. Uh, We'll talk to you next week. Thanks to Jim Miller and our guest, Cairo Santos. Uh, Appreciate Sean Anderson spinning the dials as well. Coming up next, the best of score replay and then Cubs baseball at 755 against the L.A. Dodgers with Zach Saban and Sean Marshall on the call. That'll do it for us this week. This has been Bears All Access brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Good night, everybody.
Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on chicagobears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite. 